You are listening to Playfully Persistent Podcast, brought to you by the Des Moines Children's Museum. I'm Ashlyn. Ashlyn is a board member and most likely to have the craziest idea at the table. I'm Jules. Jules is also a board member, founder, and most likely to say yes to the crazy ideas and jumps all in. This show is all about children's museums, the good, the bad, and all the mess. Welcome to the rewarding chaos of children's museum. All right, Ashlyn, today we are going to talk about touch a truck or as we label it everywhere in our life, T-A-T. <laughs> now, for all those people out there that have no idea what touch a truck is, I have to admit I was one of those people probably six or seven years ago. Oh, yeah. Ashlyn, do you love touch a truck? I love touch a truck. You need to explain what touch a truck is. <laughs> So, first I'll take you back to the first time that we heard it, is we're sitting at a board meeting, and Liz, who has been on the podcast before, was like, we should hold a touch-a-truck. And I remember sitting there thinking, what in the world is that? And I think I said it out loud, and she goes, it's literally how it sounds. You invite trucks to come, like big trucks, like machinery, and kids get to touch them. They get to get up close and personal with them. I'm like, oh, it is exactly how it sounds. <laughs> I think that's funny that you can remember this. And I'm more like, in my head, I just assume that you, Ashlyn, were who came up with Touch a Truck for the Des Moines Children's Museum because like, you just like embraced it and love it. And you really are the person who does all all follow up and all work behind the scenes after the first couple like I'm like oh I got this now it's easy <laughs> yeah and we are lucky because we have such great communities around us that are like yes we do want to we get a lot of repeat people who yes a lot of repeat trucks mm -hmm. and when we say trucks we don't really mean trucks we mean all sorts of vehicles yes so what was your favorite vehicle this year oh gosh I like, so actually my favorite was the, um, our city brought the dog catchers, the like animal control people, and they're just like Ford Explorers, but in the back they have cages and the kids kept closing each other in the cages. I love those pictures. <laughs> that, those just made me smile. I wish we could just have cages in the museum and not have it be a weird thing, but it would be because kids love putting each other or themselves right? into cages. Yeah. yeah. It was great. My favorite is definitely the boat. Now, if oh, you yeah. know Iowa, <laughs> we do not have a lot of water. I mean, we have water. There's no yeah. doubt in my mind, but it's just one of those things, the idea that we are landlocked and we have a boat. Now, it makes sense. It was West Des Moines, um, which is where we are located too, West Des Moines, um, Iowa. And I was at a parade. And as I was watching these people come by on a parade, there was a West Des Moines boat, <laughs> like a fire department boat, it seemed. And I'm like, I took a picture of that thing. And I was like, Ashlyn, there's a boat. Can you get the boat? <laughs> and I got the boat. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, that's one of my favorite stories is because I didn't know who to contact. I hadn't been at this parade. So I started with the city. And this city, like, reception administrator or whatever, emailed me back and was like, 
oh, I wish we had a boat, but we are not that cool. I think you need to talk to this person. So I like, it was a string of emails to different city employees and I finally located the boat. Who owns the boat? It's the fire department, It's the right? fire department. And the funny thing is, is that I had their, like I was in contact with the person that I needed to talk to, but about the fire truck. So when I was like, I was like, oh, I just emailed like 15 people and I really just needed to email this one person. <laughs> In general, we should always just go to the fire department and talk yeah. to them because they're very kind. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, we had the boat. We had, um, they're not called dog catchers. What would you call them? Uh, the animal, con- I don't know, animal, animal control. control. Yeah, that's got to be what it was. Okay. Um, what I really loved about this year was that it didn't rain. Yeah. It was gorgeous weather. <laughs> it was. So, last year, we had 1,500 people with rain and somehow or another part of the parking lot that we thought we were going to be using was a racetrack (laughs) that we found out that same day, which actually was really cool, but also really weird. And it was raining on and off. So we luckily pivoted very fast and allowed everyone to come into the museum for free. And we still were able to serve 1500 people in that day. Um, this year, we're saying the numbers that we served was 1,500, even though the weather was lovely. And why is that, Ashlyn? So we didn't plan very well. We just, like, oh, okay, it was planned well. We just didn't think about the location. And l- last year, we were kind of, people could only use one section of the parking lot. So we have a tent that people would, quote, unquote, check in. They give us our zip code because we want that zip code data. We're a nonprofit. And uh, we just, people came from everywhere because they were able to park all over Mm -hmm. on all sides of us. And this check-in tent wasn't really utilized. So we only collected like a very small number of zip codes, really. Compared to what was there. like. And it was very interesting because we are so good at pivoting usually, you Mm -hmm. know, like when we realize how many people are walking in from different parts of the parking lot, you know, because there really was, and you could come through the mall too. I mean, there was really about probably three to four specific entrances, but we had so many people show up. They were even coming down from this hill. Yeah. That would never be a way. You would never walk down that hill. No, on a it's like straight day. down. <laughs> it's very steep. Like, it is not a good sledding hill. It would be very dangerous. Mm-hmm. And people were walking down that way, too. Um, so, normally, we're good. We, we can pivot. We're like, oh, my goodness, we can see this problem. And I have to admit, we saw the problem, but our solution was so incredibly faulty. Yes. We posted volunteers at these places, and instead of having us just collect that zip code, we would talk to every single person walking in, telling them, like, hey, make sure you go to the check-in tent when you get a chance. <laughs> it's, you know, you'll see it. It's right by the boat, you yeah. know. And just make sure you stop in and just tell them how many people, you know. And it's free, this whole event. Just please do it. We really want to beat our number. And, like... Why would we not have stuck clipboards in every one of our hands and collected that zip code at that touch point? Right. I mean, to be fair, there were so many visitors and so few of us that even if we did that, we wouldn't have gathered all of the data. Oh, absolutely. We were going to miss some of 
those yeah. zip codes, no doubt about it. But we would have gotten so many more because yeah. there's no way we didn't go way, way, way over 1,500. But we're kind of like, all right. We have to go with this number because this is what we have. But it was very interesting to me because there were the trucks that participated are companies, some of them larger companies. And yeah. so they all had like goodie bags or like little stress balls with their Swag. logo. Yeah. 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 Stickers, Thank you. tattoos. And uh, one of them had brought like these 500, like um, it was in the shape of a toast and it smelled like toast and it was like a stress toast. It was super cool. Yeah. And she brought just over 500 and she was completely out of them before the first hour was up. Yeah, I do so remember that. So that right there, and w- that was just the first hour. 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, gosh. I know that we had so many so people. Many. Um, all of the companies who brought thousands of stuff, like pencils and stuff, they yeah. were just out of everything. Yeah. You should do a shout out to that bank. Do you remember it who It was they Community were? Choice Credit Union. Yeah. We actually ran into them originally at Principal Charity Classics, and all these kids were walking around with this amazing-smelling yeah. toast, and their whole vehicle looks like a toaster, kind of. I don't know if they change it every year and do something different, but it's, they're delightful to work with yes. and watching them interact with the kids and stuff. Um, tell us, Ashlyn, because you definitely are the one in charge, what was like some of the major hangups this year prior to touch truck. Cause I know some <sighs> like the parking, like where we were going to hold it. First of all, in the parking uh, lot. No, I'm so sorry. I should have asked this question cause I'm definitely looking for a different answer. Okay. Okay. So a few days before touch a truck, maybe like a week, um, we all of a sudden switched our website Oh, yeah, that was, <laughs> Laura, that was fantastic. <laughs> and Laura, who does all of our amazing editing for this, huge shout out to Laura, because I'm reading the directions of how to switch this website, because DSM Hack, which is a wonderful nonprofit organization, um, you know, picked us as one of their people to sit there and fix websites or, you know, like technology problems. And they left us directions, but I have to admit, I was like, I don't understand this. <laughs> and I really do want to use this amazing work that they did. They gave the whole website a facelift. They fixed a bunch of random things that we were like, we don't know why it does this. Can you it's, just like... They did a great job. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Please check out our new website. But in switching over the website, those few days before Touch Truck, what happened? So first of all, a little backstory. The touch a truck happens the Saturday of like after Labor Day weekend. So that Tuesday I send out this big email that's going to have like where the trucks are going to park, the best entrance to use, you know, what we have for volunteers because all of these trucks come as volunteers. Like we don't pay them anything. They're just there for us, for the community. It's great. Um, and I sent out this email and in years past, I've always gotten like follow-up questions, this and that. So I send out this email and I don't get anything from anyone. And I was so proud of myself for two whole days because I was like, I must be awesome 
at giving directions because no one has had any questions. You have cracked the touch of track yeah. email oh, right before the event. Yeah, I was just so proud of myself. But then, like, <laughs> I was like, this is weird because my other email isn't getting any emails either. I just must be awesome at emails. So I let myself think this for about 12 hours until the <laughs> a couple days before touch a truck, I spent a whole day, I can't, I think I was supposed to be off that day or something because I had, I was working touch a truck and I spent the entire day fielding phone calls, which in my defense, I give out my number to trucks, but I I was like, oh, now people are wanting to call me. This is kind of weird, but whatever. (laughs) So that afternoon I texted Jules and I was like, Hey, I don't think my email's working. Now, I'm sitting here thinking, I am rocking email. I had cleaned up my email box because, like, we just get so many emails. And I was just like, I got to the end of, like, everything was caught off. And then, like, you know, I kept checking. I was like, look at that. I don't have any new emails. I'm doing awesome. Now, we do have one email that was still getting emails because it's not linked to our website in any way. It's this old email that kind of is our catch-all and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no. I'm getting emails from there. It's all good, you know? We were not getting emails. <laughs> we don't really know how long. And the email was allowing us to compose messages, send, send it, yeah, and not telling us that they weren't going through. So we don't even know, like, how many emails in that week, you know, or four right. days or, or something. Just... Who knows? Yeah. I had to do all these random follow-ups where I was <sighs> like, hi, I wouldn't normally follow up now, but... We discovered our email hasn't worked for a well, few days. So the funniest part is, though, it, that day that I was getting all these phone calls, it wasn't until the very end of the day that this poor man is sitting on the phone with this company, who was great, by the way, and he was like, I've been trying to get a hold of you for a couple of days. I really want to participate in Touch a Truck. Do you have room for my truck? And I was like, sure, gosh, I'm really sorry. Like, have you tried calling me? And he's like, no, I've tried e- tried emailing you, and it just keeps coming back that it's not a valid email. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I know, and that's what's so amazing is that, like, none of those people got your email about all the information. And then not only that, but I'm sure some of them emailed you and none of them were mentioned in your phone calls. So, Hey, your email's bouncing back is not valid. Right. It was the last person. Like, and I had talked to a dozen people that day, but I think the initial email went through because that's where I gave like my uh, personal number and everything. Okay. So I think they got that, but I think they would have, emailed and it just wouldn't go through so they decided to call me two days before the event yeah okay and then talking about two days before the event in your estimation Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a real word so in your in your professional opinion Ashlyn (laughs) um, how many vehicles were last minute additions oh I know. We're we're sitting a month out after the event yeah. practically. I mean we definitely had one, two. It was kind of with so this is the very first year that all of the trucks were either repeat customers or the new trucks were all trucks that reached out to us to be a part of it. Yeah. I love that it's snowballing in a yeah. very easy way for us. Yeah. So I had actually like a core group that I was like, if no one else, if I get no other trucks, I had enough to make an event like 
right after our one last year. And I had like all the, all, all of them confirmed the date saved with the city, all of that. Um, so, but within like the eight weeks leading up to the event, I got a lot of people. Yeah. There were so many mm-hmm. new trucks and sometimes I'd be like, what, what does this truck do? Yeah. I don't even know. We had like restoration companies. We had units there again. They've been there a few mm-hmm. times. Um, my husband has some trucks, so he brought some. <laughs> Your husband he works yeah, for yeah. Tess. He brought a truck. You know, so it was a really great turnout. So, I mean, we've got that down and mm-hmm. getting the trucks and they're there. What are some of the things that we added this year? So not nothing that we like did or planned, honestly, but we no, had, no, no, we did. We had a racetrack. Oh, that's right. I did do that. Yeah. That was really fun with like old cozy coops and everything. Yeah. So we had a few different vehicles and we put, you put down in the event page how people could bring their own like scooters and and, like bikes and stuff. And so we had quite a few. Now, Laura, who's the co-founder exhibit gnome person who does all of our building stuff she volunteers obviously a touch of truck because it's like a all hands on deck yeah. kind of thing um she very much wants us to have a bike check like a little valet service next year because there was a lot of people who'd go to touch truck then they would go back to their car and get their little scooters yeah. and then come back there was just so much movement of people back and forth and stuff through the park and lots. i think if we do it next year so i just made it in like an s shape so that kids could go one end and everything mm-hmm. next year if we can get volunteers i think we do like a actual like oval and everything Loop, yeah. and like do a ready set go with flags and everything yeah that's what i envision oh i would love to buy some flags let's definitely buy some little like racetrack flags or get ones with our logo on it i always like things Ooh, like that that'd be fun yeah um so i loved that we did that and then we did have somebody reach out right near the end about bringing um she wanted to have a table well, it was, yes, but we had, so a few weeks before, it was only like three weeks before, we had someone over Facebook ask us if we were doing a sensory sensitive, sensitive. time before touch a truck. And I was like, oh, I, I didn't know. even think about that. Like, we're just starting to get into some of that. And it's something that we always need to be thinking about, which we are now in future events. Yeah. Um, But we pivoted really well. And I was, I reached out to all of the trucks like that day. And I was like, can you be here earlier? We're going to start the event 30 minutes early and label it a sensory friendly time. So like trucks won't have their lights on horns and sirens will be kept to a minimum. No, we, we just said no, no, like, don't turn on. Yeah. Your stuff. Well, it yeah. was, um, we said kept to a minimum in case a kid got in a truck and hit the yeah, horn that or something. Is true. There are times so where a horn... we couldn't guarantee it. And we let people know that, but it so we did like a full calming tent. Um, and then somebody reached out last minute about, um, they have a new practice. Yeah. That works with, um, kids with sensory issues. And so then she came and set up too. Yeah. And so I feel like we moved fast on that and just, Oh, I'm looking forward to next year when we can do it so much better because like one of the tents that we thought was going to work for the sensory area, just, it was missing pieces. We hadn't looked at that tent in years. And so we had to like run to target real Mm -hmm. quick and get a new tent, you know, which luckily 
it was close and they had some left over and it wasn't like a sports related one. Cause right. it's like in Iowa, we have a lot of rivalry between the Hawkeyes mm-hmm. and Iowa state. Yep. It was a camping one, which we still like, we bought this and it's an awesome tent, but we were like, Oh, next year we need an even different tent. Yeah. Um, but it was it was a trial and error on the sensory friendly time, and honestly, I'm like, we will do it again next year, and we'll do it better. Yeah, and we're also like going to just have so many more. We have these backpacks um, that we originally got from like Culture. Laura, you're gonna have to scrap that. Um, we have these backpacks that we originally received when we partnered with another organization that has like sensory headphones Mm -hmm. and it has fidgets and it has different items you know and now that we have board members who really have experience with autism and kids that have sensory sensitive sensitivities we really like can make our own now and so we've Mm -hmm. started ordering stuff because even kids who wouldn't be considered on the spectrum they're young and they wanted headphones yeah. because it gets real loud at touch a truck. It was very loud and very overwhelming. Um, and the one thing that, so luckily one of the trucks passed out sunglasses because so many of the kids had on the sunglasses and then they're the noise canceling headphones mm-hmm. and cause everyone wants to push the horns and mm-hmm. flip the switches to make the sirens go. But at the same time, it can be a little too much after yeah. a while. Yeah. So I do like that we keep it a short time frame. We don't do it all day. It's from 10 o'clock to 1. 10 to 1. And then with the sensory time, we did 9.30 to 1. Mm-hmm. And I think next time, somebody asked for the sensory. That it, was very popular. It um, needs to be longer. Okay. It's mm-hmm. just we didn't plan ahead for it. Right. It was like, how can we make it so that we're not like inconveniencing all these people with the trucks because we couldn't have some of the trucks show up late. Right. Right. Because if trucks show up late, little people are there and they could be hit. It's it's rough. Yeah. And I feel like you're laughing at me for some reason, (laughs) Ashlyn. All right. So I'm going to admit, I I love my husband. (laughs) I love him. I'm not even going to say the but. He was ridiculously late because he decided the morning of touch a truck with his trucks, I should get them washed. I'm going to bring these two trucks and this one should be washed. It's dirty. And so like it was way after 10 o'clock. So, you know, he missed the sensory sensitive time. You know, kids were there at 930. And that's the other thing. Some of the kids and families that came for that sensory sensitive time probably were just coming because it's early in the morning and they were there. They didn't get, that's what was going on Mm -hmm. because it's not like we're going to be like, no, you can't come through. It's a public event. You can't do that. Yeah. And it's, you can spread out so much. There's Mm -hmm. no reason to, but I mean, that's why it is important that like you have to have all your trucks in Mm -hmm. position before people start wandering around because you just wouldn't want something horrible to happen. Right. I mean, to be fair, he did have one truck there. It was the other truck that came very late. But that was the truck he was driving. Yes, that is true. <laughs> I mean, this isn't like, oh, he's calling and stressed out. <laughs> you know, he shows up late, which... With I, a smile on his face. Like, I know. Like, just no <laughs> concerns in the world. I was like, I mean, I'm texting him like, hey, 
don't even bother coming now. Not to be like, I'm not trying to be attitude-y. I'm more like, no, there's like hundreds of people here and I, it's a lot harder. Now we do like make sure all of the vehicles that potentially would need to leave in an mm-hmm. emergency situation can leave. Yes. Very we do easily. put them by an exit. Yeah. So we we're always aware there is a chance that the fire truck needs mm-hmm. to leave or the police officers need to leave, you know, or somebody from the city. Yeah. You know, cause it's, it's important. These are city vehicles. The dog catcher, uh, the dog catcher. I keep calling them dog catchers. <laughs> Animal control definitely in had my, to leave at one point. In my head, when I hear about the dog catchers, I think of pound puppies. So I definitely <laughs> oh my God, that. me too. With like the net and everything. <laughs> yes. They had the net. The one woman was standing there with the net. I didn't see the net. Oh, yeah. I love it. But that's why I'm like, yeah, the, the dog catchers, catchers. you know, <laughs> that's the what pound. They I doubt that they have things called the pound anymore. They have much better terminology, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. So we love Touch a Truck. Mm. You going to do it again? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I've got the date set for next year and everything. i got to get it approved. Yeah. But... I would have to say that Laura has mentioned a few times, and we might be ready for it if we can convince people. I know Iowa City does an amazing thing with their touch of truck, which I think it's called something different, but I think they get a whole bunch of sand dumped in the parking lot. Yeah. She's talked about this for years. For years. And maybe we don't need to get a whole bunch, like the amount that they get, but maybe we can like somehow make it so we get some. And have a little section of sand. Kids can just play in it. And I'm picturing like a mountain where kids are like climbing up and sliding down in the sand. And I'm like, yes, this is what I want. Like the Indiana dunes. Yeah. (laughs) They're going to be like, look at the dunes. But um, yeah, so we might need to research that a little bit and see if that is a possibility to get a whole bunch of sand. I just don't know. How Iowa City does it, um, that's the Iowa Children's Museum, mm-hmm. but we could probably reach out to Jeff Caps and say, how do you do this? Now, Just, yeah. they do theirs as a fundraiser, mm-hmm. and so that would be interesting. Not that I think they charge the community, but I think they get some really nice sponsors, and so that's, that's- just something... Something we need to work on. We've never gotten a sponsor for Touch a Truck. No. In general, we're not great at getting sponsors because we're just having fun doing other things and we need to learn how to do it. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's been good. Um, What is something that you would change? I mean, it's so hard to be like, what would I change? I would say my biggest thing, I mean, if I'm reflecting back Mm -hmm. on this last one is obviously we just need a lot more clipboards and zip code data because that just makes sense. Um, I mean, I know we wanted everyone to get to that check-in tent because we just have decided we have to be promoting ourselves more. Mm -hmm. We just are really bad at it. So we made posters, you know, about our different programming and, you know, we made something about the Giga Gala. So it'd be a first touch to be like, Oh look, we have this This, this coming up soon, you know, keep your eyes out for it. But like, I would just say that we have to just almost like have all of our people on the perimeter Mm -hmm. talking to all the people and welcoming. Because we had great conversations as we welcomed them. And just having almost maybe even like one flyer, Mm -hmm. you know, that's like, hey, or like just one big 
poster at all these different kinds of entrances with a QR that like takes you to a flyer. That, that's yeah. a, you know, so that we don't that's have pieces of That's kind of what I of was papers. thinking or doing. Um, yeah, the check-in table just did not work. It's worked in years prior, mm-hmm. but I think especially obviously as the event grows, yeah, we're not going to be able to do that. Um, I yeah. thought about, we talked about an informational booth, like a table and everything mm-hmm. where you have all those flyers, we can sell the water, but you don't collect zip codes from there. That is somebody walking around because then it's super easy to walk up to someone and be like, have you given your zip code to someone before? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know Annika, who's one of our amazing check-in people and Amanda has been doing it for years mm-hmm. too. Um, I know Annika was like racing Oh, she was awesome. To try to get some yeah. people from the hill that were walking down the really yep. steep hill. And, yeah, so it'll be kind of interesting to see how we do it next year. I mean, our mall has a lot of parking lots, so we, you know, picked the parking lot that's right near us. Mm-hmm. But, honestly, we could talk to them to try to get a different parking lot, mm-hmm. too. Because, you know, there's a lot of space right now. And yeah. so, if that is something. Um, the other thing I wish we could change is I really wish we could get all the other businesses in the mall a little bit more publicity yeah. during the event. We went and talked to all of the businesses to let them know because malls are struggling and we love our mall so much. And I just want people to come to the mall and spend some of their money at the mall. Well, and, and our mall it. has quite a few local shops, too. Yeah, which is nice. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have a little like local feel to our mall. Yeah. Um, what was something you would change? Um, I, I don't know about change so Wait, much. I've what? got one. Okay. So our sensory sensitive tent that we did, oh. it was supposed to be a calm down tent yeah. and we put all this amazing like sensory like stuff in there. Like what do we have in there? Yeah. Cause I can't remember. We had, so it was great. Like we, it, it was great in theory. <laughs> it did not... We learned it did not work. Well, because it was really fun stuff. Yes. So we had um, yoga mats, which are calming mats, and we had bean bags. And exercise bottles, maybe? Uh, no, we didn't take those okay. out. But then we had kinetic sand because we were instructed that sensory kids need something to calm down. Mm-hmm. Which is fine, except for this tent. We got an open tent instead yes. of an enclosed tent. That was uh, that's something that we'll need to change. Yeah, and it's kinetic um, sand. Who doesn't love kinetic sand? Right. And so all of these kids were coming in to play with the kinetic sand, which is great. That's fine. Um, but even the there were a few kids that used the calming tent appropriately. The other kids kept slipping and falling on the mats and all of that. So we had to take those away. So for next year, um, my first thought was right after the event, because I always do, like, sit down. As soon as the event ends, we had a group of volunteers that were cleaning. We gave them instructions, and then I sat down and wrote a full page of notes. <laughs> and... Uh, on my notes was separate the calming space from the kids' activities because they were right there. Um, I don't actually think we need to do that. I think the calming tent should just be an enclosed tent and we just have some, like, sensory bottles and maybe, like, a beanbag chair or two. But yeah. we don't do any of the mats and it's just calm and quiet in there so it'll be a little bit darker. Yeah, I think that having it darker is going to be important mm-hmm. and having things that aren't, like things that we travel with 
we right. do a lot of traveling exhibits that and we know what kids like to play with and so right. like having that in that tent just made everyone still want to go to that tent whether yeah. they were using it in a way because and it wasn't like we'd ever be like you're not supposed to be in this tent you're yeah, not having yeah. a crisis situation right because that's not what it was like that's that's, that's not, not who we are yeah <laughs> that's not who we are not inclusive um, to be like get out of this tent you know so, so. I, I actually think it looking back on it and of course I was running around like mm-hmm. I could not stay in one spot I was running all around yeah um because inside the museum we had like volunteer area so I wanted to make sure all of the like people that brought the trucks went in there to grab snacks and drinks because it was warm out um, and to also check on our wonderful employees because we plan these events and then we're like, by the way, the museum's going to get really busy today. <laughs> yes. I mean, we now have all staff meetings and stuff. And so that should have definitely been addressed by, would, we had some new employees and you could tell they were like, what's going on? What is this event? Yeah. yeah. They were a little terrified. Yeah. At which I'm like, there's been a sign up for like... <laughs> Like a month or two because we made a sign. Yeah. So, yeah, we we have to get better. In general, I like that we're so reflective because it's constantly like, ah, we need to do that a little bit. It helps. And it helps to sit and think on things, Mm -hmm. too, after a while where I'm like, oh, you know, in the moment, I get why I was thinking this. But, no, I think if we do it this way, it'll be better. Yeah. I really want us to have more of like a center that's blank like where there's not anything happening in the middle Mm -hmm. so you could kind of stand in the center and see all of the trucks there's a lot of weaving in between just because of how many vehicles that we got and if we have that center to me that's where you have that racetrack and that's where you have all the fun kids stuff because like in the past we've had painting with cars and vehicles or like i've always wanted to have like mud and toothbrushes and soap and water and stuff Mm -hmm. but it's really hard to do that when you don't have easily accessible Uh, water right um yeah and that's something that next year we're probably going to need a bigger space and do Mm -hmm. larger um so that we don't use the middle because the lines like i said we weren't I knew we were going to be busy but i wasn't quite expecting the crowd that we just that came upon us yeah um and the lines were really long yeah the lines were yeah and if we had that middle space then the kids could continue playing while the adults can see the kids playing and be holding a spot on the Mm -hmm. line which just makes it much more enjoyable for all the kids yeah and and the adults because i don't mind standing in line while my kid is playing right where i can see them so well, thank you, Ashlyn, for all of that hard work. Because I know that it has to be insane. <laughs> it's it's good. It's already, like, I've already got confirmation from the trucks that were here this time. They all want to come back for next year. So I just have to send out that date and get it, like, confirmed. And then yeah. I really don't have to start doing much until, like, May. No. Absolutely. We get to go and plan, like, Halloween and Lights at the Museum and... New Year's at noon. A whole bunch of other things first. <laughs> it's all like in three months. All uh-huh. of these things. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, um, we will definitely need to figure out. I don't know what I'm going to say. We need to wrap this up. We do. We need to cut this out, Laura. <laughs> okay, pause it real quick. So, as we wrap up this episode, Jules, what's your favorite thing about Touch a Truck? 
I'm not even sure if this happened this year. And I honestly am not sure I've ever been there when it happened. But in my head, I've heard the story so many times that it's like my favorite thing always is that a lot of times the fire department will bring one of their fire trucks with a giant ladder. Yes. And then one of the fire people will actually go and climb up the ladder. Yes. And then climb down it when it's fully extended. Yes. I don't think they had the ladder this year. They didn't. And they couldn't do it last year because not only it was, was it raining, raining. <laughs> but it was thundering and lightning as well. Seems very unsafe. Um, the two times before that, though. Um, they did. Yeah. The two t- like, the very first time and then 2021, they did. And they, like, put it clear up. And the guy goes and he waves down at the kids and he climbs back down. And then he'll go up again. Like, he keeps going up and down. Yeah, you over guys said he did again. it, like, every, like, half hour or something like that, or every hour. Um, so, I've not actually seen that, because though I'm at every touch-a-truck, a lot of times I'm only at the second part of the touch-a-truck, because we usually have so many volunteers in the morning, and no one wants to do the cleanup. So, I always take whatever spot <laughs> is like, all right, I guess I'll be doing that spot because no one wants to do cleanup because now everyone's <laughs> no exhausted. No one does cleanup, like, other than oh, we did it. Like, okay, we've, I've always st- done there. Like, I've been for the setup, through the cleanup and everything, but we got smart this year, and because we knew no one loves cleanup, we put out a call for volunteers, and we had all of these amazing high school students come, and they cleaned up the entire event washed all the toys and we just had to put everything away when it was dry yeah it was amazing they were wonderful volunteers yes we need to reach out and make sure they come back very much soon yes so all right how about you what is your favorite thing about touch truck uh all of it but i really love so touch a truck is a free community event um we other than like some donations that we get uh we make no money on this event But it is so amazing to reach out to the community to either get those people that come into the museum and are like, oh, we saw we're at all of your events and we saw you were having this and they come or you get those people. And this is my favorite who have never heard of us. And they're like, my friend told me to come to this. And then you kind of like we get people who are, you know, come to our museum now because of this event. Yeah, it is true. Or. I forgot about this. The first year, um, we had, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) So Ashlyn and I are sitting in her car at Clive Public Library, which is one of our local suburbs that we live near. And we keep seeing it's dark. It's like nine o'clock at night. Cause we just came from the city council meeting and we were like, we have to record a podcast. And as we've been recording, we keep seeing this like large animal walking. I by. thought it was a coyote for a minute. What do you think it is? It's a giant raccoon. I just saw it. It came that in thing the is light. Huge. It's massive. It is a, like the size of a dog but it is yes. a raccoon i saw like it's back and its face and the markings okay it is like it has walked by like <laughs> multiple times and we've held it together for a really long time i all i can think is princess bride and rodents of unusual size i'm like that thing is really large it's what is this so now of course it's up some tree and we can't see it i really feel like it went into the tree somehow it did like isaac 
climbed around, but yeah. Probably. That I'm was. Sure <laughs> oh. All right. Sorry. I forgot about how lovely Tetrarch also has of people who have no children. Yes. No children. <laughs> and they are just like, we saw yeah, the trucks. The trucks. While we were driving on the highway, and so we pulled off and found you. And we'll get random people every once in a while who, like, they didn't know about Touch Truck. They just purely stopped because they were like, whew, what's going on over there? Yeah, they're interested in it. Yep. There are quite a few people that do that. That'll just be driving down the street, and they're like, well, we wanted to see what was going on. Yeah, (laughs) we just want to come here, and you're just like, welcome, come on in. You know, it's super fun. Um, and then I do remember one of the years walking into one of our local grocery stores after the event, you know, and mm-hmm. like I must have had one of the Des Moines Children's Museum shirts on and I had an employee stop me and they're like, what's been going on over there? <laughs> what kind of arrests have yeah, been Yeah, yeah. Because the police are super nice and will let the kids flip the switch on the thing. And all put the morning siren. long. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. we've gotten smart. And so now we inform all of our neighbors, even the ones that are like across it was, the street. I know what it was. It was uh, a few years ago, two years ago, we sent you for more water to the mm. grocery store across the street. And yeah, like employees came up to you. The store manager was like, what's yeah. going on over there? Like they were really worried about yes. us and everything. So now we send yes. out, we go around. We usually tell like, them, we're like, hey, this is what's <laughs> happening on this day. You know, if you see large crowds or like if you hear the sirens every few minutes or honking, that's, that's us. Uh-huh. So that's been lovely <laughs> to do. <laughs> okay. And I think that is a wrap for this episode. <laughs> I think it needs to be done before this raccoon comes, comes back. back. <laughs> and I'm sure at some point the police are going to show up because we look like teenagers probably parking <laughs> in this random parking lot now that we've been in for so long. <laughs> and it's really warm in this car, too. We couldn't turn it on because of the noise <laughs> that the car makes. So this is... So silly. This, this might be up there with recording in your closet. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. We love being your playfully persistent podcast. <laughs> thank you for listening. Remember, we always love hearing from listeners. We want your feedback. We want to be your children's museum and playfully persistent podcast. Right now, you can email us at podcast at dsmchildrensmuseum.com. You can also follow us on all the usual places. Facebook is Des Moines Children's Museum. Twitter and Instagram is dsm underscore children's. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe. We'll have new episodes every Tuesday. Make sure to take time to play.